Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is all about WrestleMania 30, a WrestleMania that only had one or two cringeworthy moments, and that's very good for this product. Uh, all of our favorites are there. Hulk Hogan is there. Uh, he's a favorite that will most likely not be at WrestleMania 32. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is there. Uh, they, he, he likes alcohol. He likes beer. He's there. Uh, the Rock is there. He only does things once in a lifetime, so he's there for this fourth consecutive year. Uh, Daniel Bryan is there, wrestling, and wrestling twice. And uh, he will probably not be wrestling at WrestleMania 32 or ever again, because he probably uh, wants to keep his brain safe, and that's a good idea. So yeah, this is a fun WrestleMania. The music makes it sound like it's 1998, because there's still Kid Rock and Eminem, but other than that, it's pretty great. If you are interested in this podcast, which you in theory are because you're listening to it right now, you might like to read some of the wrestling stuff that I've written on Neutrons, Protons. That's all on youmeetthemerkwitty.com, so just go to the website if you want to check that out. I think that's it. This is a fun one. So without further ado, here's Chris Kelly and I on WrestleMania 30. XXX. Yeah, this is the really sexiest one. Is this the sexiest mania? Based on that name alone. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how how much they like usually pound stuff over your head that I didn't even even notice. Yeah, that they, this was they pound it already. Right. WrestleMania Triple X. This is the PG era though, so there's none of that. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm tired. You're gonna have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. All for right. This one. WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania Triple X. April 6, 2014. Uh, so one that, uh, was just before we gave a crap about wrestling. Definitely for me. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I didn't get it into it back into it to the end of 2014. It feels like it's been forever. Yes, it does. Yeah. Cause we've, we've just now then forever, forever. That's been, my life has been wrestling. It's been a hell of a ride. I wasn't nearly as into it until we started doing this. And then even then I would say it took until like WrestleMania 23 to really dive into this thing. Yeah, I think when we started getting to Cena and Trump and stuff, you really like it. It, it oh just hit God. a new gear for you. Oh boy, that's all yeah. I could do. <laughs> I saw the Stanley Cup last week. Did I even in tell person. you about that? I saw it. I mean, I I saw it on the internet. I didn't post it. My wife did, but yeah. like you didn't. Even, I didn't even talk about that. Yeah, why would we talk about sports? That's like a thing that most guys. My I'm 33. Most guys in my age would be like, I just saw the Stanley Cup. It was the coolest. Yep. I saw it in the senator's office. Nope, didn't even mention that. Let's just talk about a two-year-old WrestleMania. That seems right to me. Oh, it's so weird. This is There's more to talk about here. What's the story? Oh, I, I saw the cup. I touched it. Cool. How was that for you? Was Actually, it, this, Was it made out of metal? The story of the cup revolves around wrestling for me. Why? And specifically this story of seeing the cup. So you know I'm a big Blackhawks fan, and yes. I have been for a long time. And the first time the Blackhawks won the cup in the modern era, I was living in Chicago. My wife was living in Washington, D.C., so it was this weird, bittersweet thing of, like, we watched the first half of the season together, and then she was here with an internship. And we were both, like, in our late 20s at this point. It, whatever. 2010, you could figure it out. Uh, which means that I was not living up to my potential. So I had to move here to be with her, and then I had to live up to my potential. So then when I saw the cup again in 2013, I got to see it in the White House. And that was amazing. It wasn't ever on my bucket list because I don't have a bucket list. I'm too young for that. But that's the kind of thing that a sports fan that's not delusional would want to do. See, the, the your favorite sport with your favorite team with the pinnacle, like the peak, the trophy, 
with a president from the same city that you're from. Like that's you can't it's an beat that. Attainable goal. That's that's it. crazy. But if you told me that pre-Obama, that sounds crazy in 2004. Like, oh yeah, in 10 years, this is the thing that'll happen. To no, you. that sounds nuts. Not like that'll never. Just like, why would you even? That's weird. I'm not. Yeah. I'm working in a bar. Like, I'm not doing well. This right? is the worst gypsy fortune teller <laughs> yeah. I've ever met. And then now in 2016, and I see the Stanley Cup again. I'm in. Senator Dick Durbin's office, obviously from Illinois. It's pretty cool. I'm still considering myself from there. And then I see a little girl, and it's adorable. And I go, "Why? who's your favorite Blackhawk? And she says, Patrick Kane. Ugh, right in the heart. And that's when I started watching wrestling. As soon as the sexual assault allegations came out against Patrick Kane, that's when we started doing the deep dive into this. Right. Before it was casual, like I'd go to your house and watch a pay-per-view, or I would occasionally watch like part of Raw and Hulu. Like, I really didn't care. And then, as soon as this stuff, like, I can't even watch hockey. As soon as they took the last sport you had, well, that it, hadn't been ruined by a GOP political family ruining baseball, and the NFL doing the, for obvious being reasons. the NFL. And I, I still like basketball. It's just, like, my wife doesn't like basketball at all. And I like playing basketball more, yeah. and it's fine. And the Bulls are good, and I like seeing the games, but it's just not as fun as hockey. Yeah, and you don't have that emotional connection that you have. I mean, I grew up with the Bulls, right? And you like I've already seen the best player of all time. I it's like watching six straight John Cena matches. Like, why would I watch any other match? (laughs) No, but that's what really once real sports fail, like the world. Then I dove into sports entertainment. I have yet to be disappointed. And when we have disappointments, you can always go, "Oh well, they're carnies. What did you expect?" Also, they usually. I don't want to wish death upon anyone. I want to make that very clear. But if they're a horrible person, usually that shit plays out a lot quicker than it does in real sports. Like, it took a long time for OJ to get his comeuppance, <laughs> right? <laughs> but for a guy, I mean, okay, Jimmy Superfly Snooker most likely killed that woman. So maybe yeah. I'm wrong. But for a lot of these guys, it's like, well, you know, they're living a shitty life. So it's like, don't really end. Like, no matter it's how gonna, successful it's the McMahons be okay are. okay for everybody else. Yeah, kind of. It's like, yeah. I don't ever want to be Vince McMahon. Well, and we, we see in this one almost immediately of like how quickly this stuff can change. Mm-hmm. So, uh WrestleMania Triple X in New Orleans. Uh what how'd you like the intro as of the uh, kind of photoshopping in the moments? I both loved it and loathed it. It looked really amateurish. It did. It looked like sub Forrest Gump. I remember so that was like a huge thing. So it was like that. real Sheamus. Real, real shame, yeah. Real Bella Twins. Was there anybody else that was like... Real? I have uh, Fandango, because like, oh, he likes the party. So go. does Big Show. He was there vaping. Was he really? No, he wasn't. Okay. Was 14. Uh, but they Photoshop in Andre, and they Photoshop... Yeah. And the Andre one kind of interesting, because they use Andre and Heenan in the little mechanical cart, which kind of looks like It's kind of cool, yeah. Um, they also, you know, use the Austin, and uh, they, they showed HBK ziplining into the parade. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cheesy, but it's an interesting flip on you know what they should have had they should have had uh, michael's like falling off of a ladder from a balcony yeah they should have dx go and show us your tits yeah which actually happened on raw so yeah um and then you know we get our our requisite the promos of our our headlining matches of which there are basically four even the one is first this is one of the oddest timed wrestlemanias how so? In terms of like how the match, like oh yeah, if you don't know what's going on and you just see the card and the time length, you're like, what the? F- this is the weirdest mania, and yet. it is weirdly structured. But it's also since it was the 30th, they were going big. They're at the Superdome, seventy five thousand people or so 
It looks great. It's huge. There's a giant. No, no, the, the Silver Dome. Well, you're spoiling it. Um, our host is uh, <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and uh, Hulk Hogan, who they're trotting out because it's the 30th, you know, they got to get him every few years. And this is a year and change before his most recent disaster. And it, when we're doing this on March 9th, 2016, or in the midst of a Hulk Hogan uh, trial against Gawker where he's been forced to testify that his penis is not 10 inches long. 24-inch playthons. Uh, yeah, I mean, that time he had to talk about his penis is kind of like that time we talked about Donald Trump's penis. Um, something Jesus. that also happened this month. <laughs> but Hogan comes out... Now then, forever. Hogan comes out and talks about how great it is to be in the Silverdome, brother. <laughs> Except he's in the fucking Superdome. Okay, but here's the good thing about this. Michael Cole called him out on this before everyone else made a joke on about yes. it. Michael Cole did the right thing. Yeah, you, he had to. So he, he didn't goes, have to. Oh, he oh, did not he have to. Let him... He could have assumed, and they could have made a joke after the fact and see if he recovered. Right. But Yeah, he, he does. They I, You know, and this is the part. Is there someone screaming in his ear to say, to like cushion the fall? I mean, Hogan says Silverdome a couple times, and he's getting booed. And I don't think he really, he, you can see the moment he realizes it. But Cole does say. Like, you know how you could tell? Yeah. It says it in big letters yeah. above like the His giant jumbotron. <laughs> The name of the venue. Yeah, but there is this great... I mean, well, first Cole tries to let him save face. He's like, oh, Hogan thinks he's at WrestleMania 3 at the Silverdome. And Hogan, to his credit, when he realizes you can see the gears turning, and he recovers, and he's like, ah, oh, sorry, I was thinking about slamming Andre the Giant in front of 80,000 people So it seemed kind of good. Yes. Um, but to, to further save and slash humiliate Hogan, uh, glass shatters. And... Uh, you know, Stone Cold comes out in his uh, Broken Skull Ranch shirt, which is like a great John Deere plus <laughs> STP plus Stone Cold shirt. I kind of, I mean, it's peak like white trash. It's pretty great. Uh, Not to be a dick. Yeah. What doesn't Austin do that isn't peak white trash? I mean, that's the that's the gimmick. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Except now he's releasing like good beers. Like it's kind of throwing the brand off. Right. He's 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 grown. Um. You know, he gets he does a face off with Hogan and which you do realize that A, Hogan is still a huge man. Yeah, physically. Like he still towers physically. over Austin. Yeah. Um, but it's this great face off that we never got, you know, in the ring. Which I'm more than happy with. No, it, I'm it, really it, glad it all that worked out. Um yeah, the face off did not happen. Sure. And and Stone Cold's a pro. He makes a joke about being at the Silverdome and at this point he gets a laugh. Oh yeah, he's killing. Yeah. He also the thing with the what chance that's so frustrating is that it never it it came from a very specific thing of Austin saying what and like a call and response and no one there's people who can outmaneuver a what chant like Bray Wyatt's really good at it because his cadence doesn't I'm here tonight what to do what like it doesn't he doesn't break up things in a way that lets the crowd do it but Austin plays into it and he feeds them and he's like WrestleMania one what WrestleMania two and so he's this is why he's really like we needed more proof that that Stone Cold was great on Mike. He's no Piper. No. Piper, the one guy in all the WrestleManias that could rise above the what chance. Who could, yeah, turn it back on. The fuck you guys. On the fans. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Um, but Austin does this weird kind of like, considering who these guys are and what will happen. I mean, what happens to Hogan in the next couple of years? Like, Hubbly. Yeah, no, he he does, he says, like, you're very protective of our legacies and of our business. And it's this real kayfabe-breaking moment. To start WrestleMania. Yeah. Very weird. Very yeah. weird. Really quick. This is after the sex tape, right? 
because isn't the trial that's going on right now about the sex tape in 2012? Yeah, so I guess that had happened. But exactly. You know, like, I feel like the sex tape stuff kind of like flared back up. No pun intended. Like I'm trying to think. Do you think Flair's a little jealous that it's not his sex tape? How many sex tapes do you think exist that they're just not out there though? For I mean, they're for Ric Flair. Yeah. Or is Ric Flair the, like the actually loyal to his wife? <laughs> <laughs> well, he could be loyal because you can be loyal to something for as long as he's been. You know, exactly. As long as the marriage is. Is Ric Flair the only one sworn to not have a sex tape? The only one to what? Not have a sex tape. Uh, that'd be weird. Could you imagine if Snapchat was around when Ric Flair was in his heyday? I mean, nothing in pop culture would exist if any of this stuff existed. What do you mean? Well, this is a con- this is the Kanye thing. Like, no, no artist they would be like, oh, Michael Jackson. Like that would have been the- that would have been it for him. You need one kid Instagram in the sleepover, and that would have been that would have been done. Sure. I mean, there's there's so much crazy shit that is. No, happened. I think Ric Flair would have crossed over even more and been more popular. All right. I mean, Ric Flair's already very popular, and they just yes. announced the 30 for 30 with Ric Flair. That's, I'm gl- glad that's happening. Exactly. I'm trying to find Hulk Hogan's sex life. Is it in his filmography? Where is this <laughs> on Wikipedia? Other media? Just, I mean, I'm sure it's in the general. I'll look it up, and yeah. you keep going. Yeah, so we've yeah we've talked about 15 minutes, and we're almost through the opening promo. Um, so, you know, talking about, uh, you know, Austin 316 and, and blah, blah, blah. So, of course, the... Uh, uh, the Rock has to come out because we're continuing the the great legacies here. Um, except he headlined the one previous, so it's not like a huge shock that he's back. And the one before that, yeah. And, and he, he had... hosted the one before that as Pitbull. Yeah, so it's almost like he's a, an institution that's going to be there every year. Um, my favorite part of this though is that the Rock and Austin do a secret handshake because they're best buds. Like the last time they had a little face off for giggles, but this time they do their cool handshake. Um, the Rock's promo is him, like doing his pure rock like like remember how fun i am type of thing where he's just rhyming it's all rhyming couplets i mean remember you know, how fun i am do you know that seamus rhymes with anus because he uses that rhyme he also you know last time we talked about how how the rock breaks up john cena's marriage yes and other people's marriages um this time he says that it's actually the opposite he inspires people to make babies he doesn't break up marriages. He's a good guy. Watching this whole thing, and as they drink beers together, these three like legends, and they all kind of like put each other over, you kind of for a moment forget that Hulk Hogan is like a racist asshole who... Like, no, you don't. I f- you know, there's this... Maybe it's because I was watching this and like trial stuff's happening on and happening, and like watching this guy... like I feel like everything he's saying into a microphone that's then becomes testimony is worse than seeing his little pale ass on a on a pixelated little sex tape. I feel like him having to say, no, brother, I don't have a 10-inch dong is, like, worse than seeing a sex tape, right? I don't know. I don't know what time. 2012, by the way. 2012. So, yeah, so this is post-sex tape. He'd already been... They had, they had managed to rehabilitate him enough that he could then be removed from history just a year later. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, we, eventually we get to a match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, America the Beautiful. Oh, good point. Didn't notice that. Um, you know why? Because it was a 15-minute promo instead. Yeah, which I just I think we just did in real time. Um, so this story of this WrestleMania that will be bookending it is the Daniel Bryan story. Daniel Bryan, the opposite of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You couldn't have a more opposite performer that happened to be a wrestler than Daniel Bryan and Hulk Hogan in every single way. Yeah, from, from size, everything in the ring and their personas and yeah. just the fact of how much Daniel Bryan, the the... 
the character. The bully vegan in real life. <laughs> yeah. IRL. He's probably seems much more confident than Hulk Hogan or Terry. Do you yeah, even need to say Terry anymore? No, honestly. I think that's well that's what the court cases try to prove, that there is a separate a separate uh, identity. But this is the it's actually the same package they showed showed after his recent retirement, um, which is a big thing we'll come to at the end of this, but it, it is really it's his his rise and from, you know, indie guy, which they show some of the indie footage, to being on the one of the the kind of the tough enough NXT seasons. Um to becoming, you know, and it's and they they track it with like the growth of his beard and this kind of the growth of the persona of Daniel Bryan, um, which also is the rise of the Authority, uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> I mean, which started, which we're going on at SummerSlam will be three years old, but you know they even and I think Triple H puts it over in that promo that this is the reality era, and it and this whole storyline that Daniel Bryan's a B plus player who's not going to get the to have the title who's not going to be the headliner. This is. This is, that's what the reality era is, is the stuff that where the, the line now is so blurry that it might as well not exist because that's legitimately how Vince McMahon felt about Daniel Bryan. And then it became how Mr. McMahon, the character, felt about Bryan, and that became the story. But at the same time, that guy they didn't want to headline WrestleMania headline WrestleMania. Because at the end of the day, who's making money? Who cares? That's, and that's what it always comes to. But they... They've done it now in a way they respond. They they under they know that fans know the backstage stuff. They know the internet exists. They know what the internet likes, and they so are feed we on into it. A fourth level of reality, then. I don't know what the other three are, but let's start with the actual match. The number one is the match, which we know is fake, right? Right. Number two is what we see on TV, specifically E and other like Dinner for Three, K-fabe, Ride Along, Kayfabe, yes. but sort of real levels of produced television number yes. two number three dirt sheets slash internet rumors slash anything that people podcast like this like they follow right so that's the third and then the fourth is the actual thing the actual product which is the actual product yeah which is like the money where the money actually goes right so we're like you could do, you can enjoy this from four different levels from a business standpoint from a reality television programming standpoint from the like move set like this the actual wrestling. the actual wrestling which is also quote unquote fake right and then what you think is might the what, the the soap opera in your head the soap opera behind the scenes that you really don't know exactly you're reading stuff on the internet and you're getting informed by the other three yeah and the other three are also good and that one is the one that you so everything the, everything the plays into each other the realist is being worked as well so yes yeah so the Venn diagram is very. I wonder how much yeah. the crossover it's it's yeah this is that's, that's where, what's fun that's where all that stuff is why we're doing this is why people are talking about wrestling in the 2010s. Oh yeah. And it's, it's and this is the hipster wrestling thing is that yeah, there's people like meta things. Look at community. Look at like how that became such a phenomenon is because mm-hmm. people like to to appreciate stuff on this level. But unlike things like reality television per se, mm-hmm. there is skill involved in this. Yeah. Daniel Bryan doesn't go over if he's not a really good wrestler, period. Yeah, and he is the technical best wrestler. Exactly. And That's his the character, thing. he got much better on the mic as time went on, and he became a thing. And and this, like watching this, and it's tough to separate it from me knowing how this story really ends, but the package is great because, I mean, the takeover of Raw when he's got the whole arena emptied out into the ring chanting yes with their arms in the but air. it's also... A comment on the Occupy Wall Street movement. Of course. And they WWE, called it Occupy Raw, yeah. Exactly, and WWE is a publicly traded company right? on Wall Street. 
Yeah, but they're they're I not think, above like, using it for a storyline. No, no, I get that. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, everything in this world is made up and fun if you want it to be. And wrestling is the la- is the thing that gets that the most. Except some wrestlers don't. Do we have we have a couple? Do we have some of those in this? The first guy yeah. that opened the show. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Bret Hart. I don't. Uh, Bret Hart is there he is actually. There. Yes, yes. So the guy that gets it, the two biggest. I was going to say CM Punk, but he's not there. So, but CM Punk gets it to the, the, the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, CM Punk's one of his biggest things about why he wasn't in the company anymore is because he couldn't put sponsors on his shorts. That's the money. Yeah. Good for you. He should have just did it. Yeah. That being said, I've uh, been reading so much, so many books. I don't know why. I've been reading so many books about wrestling and. Every single guy has a story about Vince McMahon finding him. Specifically, Batista's is the worst. Right. Took a $115,000 hit from a WrestleMania blade job. Yeah. that's. Cr- Did you know that to there's make, another camera? To make them money. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You What the fuck? Yeah. So I guess you can't just put Jimmy John's on your shorts. You got to get approval. It's so fucking weird. So, so this, this match that's actually going to happen, which is Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, is to determine... Triple H is now playing wrestling ring gatekeeper, even though he's also the backstage gatekeeper, to whether or not this guy will be in the headline This match. is a 20-year both real and storyline story. Yes. If you go back to the Montreal Screwjob, <laughs> which if you're listening to the show and you're not really into wrestling, you might know about because Radiolab covered this and because there's a documentary about Bret Hart, and this is a very big part of that. Montreal Screwjob doesn't really happen without Hunter, without Triple yeah. H. That's insane. That's Literally 20 years 20 prior. Years, yeah. Isn't that 1996? Uh, 97, but we're getting okay. there, yeah. So, it, you know, and, and the whole thing with this, too, is why all this stuff is really good. The in-ring storytelling, if they dropped the ball there, this wouldn't be one of the best WrestleManias, which I contend it is. It's not, it's... This it's, is top five. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I Top three. Like, I think it's really up there. Um, you know what? Really, yeah. I, I wanted to say this at the end, but there's no reason. 31 mm-hmm. might be the best one. Yeah, no, I think we're going to... Which is when crazy. We re, I haven't rewatched the whole thing, but when we do, like, I I think it might actually... Because it's... As we see in these, they're so well-produced. Yeah, there are it's fewer very and fewer and fewer holes. Yeah. And the holes in this are very big because yeah. the highs are very high. Yeah, the high, yes. So, but the in-ring thing, I mean, you know, I have a lot of notes on it, but I really think that just what was oh, so here great... Oh, here he goes. Yeah. Um, in theory, Triple H should win because Daniel Bryan already has a shitty shoulder. Yes, he's already beaten him before this while... He was handcuffed, beat the shit out of Daniel Bryan. So Daniel Bryan is already taped up, and he's already like been swerved out of the belt from previous years. And he's slam. not five, and he's not, and he's five nine, two hundred pounds. And Triple H is the game, the cerebral assassin, the ass kicker. So, yeah. um, oh by the way, a uh, 2016 note: they briefly were selling a shirt called "I Got Hammered" by Triple H. Quickly pulled that from the from the store, uh. so I don't think those will actually be seen in the light today. Um, but this is this great story of like. You know, you you got Triple H, um, who's going to physically dominate him, and they're he's this is the most wrestling we've seen from Triple H. But it's a it's another classic Triple H match of him just like it's a long build. There's yes. a hammers involved for no apparent reason. Of course, of course. But you've got him doing, you know, these wrist lock. He's working Daniel Bryan's arm and shoulder. He's doing like wrist lock kind of suplexes. Like so, you're seeing because they're both technically good wrestlers. You're seeing them kind of he steps up his game to that level. Um, you know. You got Stephanie ringside, who's great. She's taunting him, going, "You mess with the bull, you get the horns, Daniel." Like, they're just her inclusion in this makes it so much better. 
Um, she takes a bump. You know, she I mean, does. You know. Because you brought up Stephanie, we need to mention the intros. Triple sure. H. So trip, but Triple she, H has concubines. Yes, Stephanie intros Triple H, who then has Game of Thrones. He has a throne. It has three concubines. Do you know who the concubines are? Is one of them Sasha Banks? Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Alexa Bliss. Weird. Yes. Um, so they, yeah. So he, she introduced her concubine husband. That he had his Game of Thrones intro, and then he did his ass kicker intro. Yeah. Oh, and I don't know if you saw. We had a correction on Twitter. Thanks to Adam Jones. Yeah, thank you. Yes, so uh, Triple H's b- uh, body paint chalk thing was actually uh, severe dry ice burns. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. He's like Vince. If he's willing to do it, so should you. It's a bad <laughs> idea. It's but, a bad idea. And then Daniel Bryan is introduced. No fanfare. Just his just normal, the, uh, which is great. Just no fanfare. Makes it better. But uh, Daniel Bryan chance uh, hitting the Richter scale in New Orleans. Has any chant been more over? This is mm-hmm. more over than yeah. Austin. Because, like, kids could do this with their yeah. family. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. This is, and this was a thing, too. It was, like, happening at, like, you know, college football games and stuff. Like, it was a cultural thing. It's the closest thing we've had since the Attitude Era when wrestling was at its peak. So, I mean, the match is, the match is great, and it's it is. long, it's very, very and it's, it's long to start off a, a match. Like, Triple H, when would Triple H wrestle the first match? You know, exactly. especially at this point. So, that's the thing, too. He knows how to put this over. And so, Daniel Bryan... You know, it's 26 minutes. It's longer than I remember, but it never feels long. Like I, no. I always in my head thought this was like a 15 minute match, and then the last one's a half hour. Mm-mm. But all the ma- the big matches tonight are like 26 to 30, 25, 30 minutes, yeah. something like that. So, so we've had we're an hour in, yeah, and we've had a match, right? And, it's very good, yeah. And I mean, and they they continue the story because then Stephanie slaps the shit out of him, and Triple H jumps him, so they've even battered him even more for his closing match. Because they know how to make an underdog story. They do. Um, so this uh, this next match is not good. Uh, it's the New Age Outlaw and Kane versus the Shield. And my only note is this is how they're using the Shield. Okay. Yeah. So they they put over the Shield by having them do the Legend Killer thing. Um, the Shield comes da- come down in the really cool masks. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and uh, there's one good line I want. They go win. Who gives a shit? Lawler has a great line. Do you know this one? Go for it. Facing the shield is like being married to Larry King. You know it's not going to last long. Is that yep. your note? No, mine is JBL's goes, that's 100 years of power bomb. There goes the attitude error. Because <laughs> yeah, they thing. triple, double power bomb uh, the New Age Outlaws. Uh, then they cut backstage to now our thing that's happening every year is a toy commercial. And this involves Slaughter, uh, Hacksaw, Steamboat, Danny Davis, DiBiase, and of course Ron Simmons to provide a dam. Yep. That happened. Um, also, what happened at this one was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, uh, which is just the worst trophy. Like it's a, it's, it's almost a rib on Andre because it's just a gold, yeah. a giant gold baby. Yeah, it's, giant gold. it's disgusting. But it's a lot of paychecks for guys that about a third of them aren't in the company. This is way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's fine. But these battle royals, it always like wake me when there's four guys left. Yeah, yeah. it goes pretty quickly. Did you get King's uh, really horrible line? No. So 3MB, which was uh, Heath Slater and two other guys, three-man band, he said they've been touring China. They're a walk band. (laughs) But JBL beats him as he does, continuing his ongoing one-sided feud. Uh, They're talking about, like, Ray Mysterio is getting beat up by Sin Cara or something. He's like, yeah, he just mutters, like, nobody likes Ray. (laughs) He's just so happy to say that. Um, I kind of say that that's over. What is? The Mysterio JBL. It, it's wrestling. He's not dead yet. Well, yeah. Just because he's a murderer doesn't mean he's an accidental murderer. Let's I'll get so it straight. sad. Um, there's a great moment when, when Dolph uh, skins the cat to get back in and gets kicked 
immediately in the face by uh by Del Rio. Um yeah, yeah the Cesaro wins this. Cesaro I mean, wins. It's cool. Yeah, by doing a body slam because you have to body slam Big Show. It's giant. It's still impressive. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. So that was Cesaro's thing that where people thought this was actually going to get him. They were going to let him get over, and they didn't, and now he's hurt. So we get our package with the theme song, one of our theme songs for the night, Eminem's Legacy. Oh, boy. Oh, so it's Eminem and Kid Rock, by the way, are our fucking themes of the night. We didn't even yeah. mention that. Oh, Kid Rock's Celebrate. So it's fucking 98 again. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, neither of them perform, but this is... um. The package for Bray and John Cena. I love it. Which it's, once again, like, this is, so this is the first, the, the, la, the thing about Once in a Lifetime 2 is that it'll probably be the last time that Cena headlines a mania until, like, he's at the rock status where he's coming back to give someone the rub. Um, so at this point, he's, what, the fourth match of the night? Ye- I mean, yeah, I didn't even check if there was an opening match. There is. There's a tag match. Okay. It's fine. Um so the whole the the Bray Wyatt Cena feud is basically just Bray Wyatt like I mean at this point they had built him up for you know maybe six months to a year and they were giving this is you know what they do with Kevin Owens this year where Cena puts a guy over um, and Bray's whole thing was he was just calling you know Cena's legacy is a lie and doing his kind of mystic true detective Yellow King thing could not have been better timed couldn't be in a better location yeah so in good. new orleans just all works and this intro he gets i guess this is what happens like even if you don't beat cena you still get a hell of an intro um there's a voodoo priestess with machetes and garbage can fires um there's the band that does his song which do you know what it is it's not a clue I was gonna it's ask mark you. crozer and the rels which i don't know he's Didn't was he... in jesus and mary chain Really? Yeah, I mean, like, not a founding member, but he was... But still, G- yeah, like so a that, legit... Because this is a legit good song. It's a legit good song. It it works. He's in, like, a, a Sugar Skull makeup, and his band are in Plague Doctor masks. Yeah. Which are terrifying. No, this is amazing, because, like, whenever I hear his theme, I think it's, like, a slower murder by death, which is a fantastic band. Yes. Which I think is too good for wrestling, I also, usually. I know. It also sounds like um, that Mad Season song... Which was like a spinoff band from Alice in Chains, and then Godsmack ended up turning it into. They kind of ripped it off into a song appropriately called Voodoo. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I always think it is. Oh, that's dun, a dun, dun, yeah, yeah. Dun, so we're dun, somewhere dun. in the middle here, right? So this the whole story of this match is that Bray. It's a shame they use that. I I'm, I have a monster inside me song for Dan O'Brien because that's the story that Bray is telling here. Is like I know that Cena. I know you're a phony. I know all this sh- this stuff with the kids and the happiness like that's and the hustle is all bullshit. Show that you're a monster. Get to my level. So I mean he and th- that's the story is Will Cena turned evil to do that. That's so, so I great. mean Bray starts the match on his knees begging him like finish the story John. Well we're not done with the intros here. Oh yes. Um the Bray's intro here's the here's the issue with it. Sure. I'm assuming in the arena it was amazing. Right. But it's very difficult to shoot. True. So it it was very underwhelming. <laughs> also, how big were the fireflies at the time? Because I didn't see as many lighters and cell phones as you would do now. Sure, I'm not. I'm not actually sure if they if they had started like that to become a thing where people put their phones up. Yeah, because the band I want to say isn't even like lit straight on. They're kind of backlit, and it's like backlit through fog. Yeah, and they're trying. They're going for creepy, but exactly you end up, you end up obscuring it. And so. I can't really. And especially in HD, we're like, oh no, this should be good. Especially knowing Bray's next entrance at WrestleMania in the sunlight. It's right. so underwhelming. Yeah. This is so well done. I just kind of, in a weird way, I wish they were using shittier cameras again because I feel like in 90s when, like, 
maybe mid nineties when you watch those old attitude era stuff, like you'll see the light catch in the in the camera more and right. those flares actually make it better, no pun intended. Yeah. We're here, everything's in HD, it's like, uh I don't fucking know what's Can't going really on. See anyway. So yeah. it's underwhelming. So Bray's in the ring and he's got two of the members of the Wyatt family because at the time it's just three members of the Wyatt family. Yes. And th- Cena, Cena gets his Raw intro. Yeah. yeah. It, then our hero comes to the stage. Our polarizing hero. Is is it polarizing when everyone in the crowd on over the age of 12 is booing? There's enough 12 and unders that it... I cannot it. remember a more adamant set of boos since WrestleMania 20 when it was Lesnar Goldberg. No one above a certain age likes John Cena in this, which makes me love John Cena so much more. I do have to say, I think the Chicago one where he was against Triple H, I don't think it was. I remember no, them it selling was, it as polarizing, but it was loud. And just remember a Chicago smart here, here's, here's the difference. Here's the difference. Mm-hmm. Chicago is like 20,000 people. This is 70,000 okay. people. Right. No one wants him to win. I love this so much. Right. And, and the match in Ring Story becomes... Cena is fighting not to lose. Exactly, but before we get to in-ring okay. stuff, did you see the poster? And this, no. this is my favorite. You'll never catch me in an NXT sweater. What? Because in his theme song, you'll never catch me in the next man's sweater. Oh, nice. Actually, I my favorite sign. That's the best sign. I might have beaten. Oh, no, the Divas match. Horrible sign. No, I've got you here. If Cena wins, we Wyatt. <laughs> That's cute. That's I like cute. those two like, signs. I like it a lot. All right, so those are two signs that make this match worth watching. The action of it, not so much. Because they're, sell, they're doing it as Cena's fighting not to lose, so he's very tentative. Or Cena's not even fighting because, like, he doesn't want... He wants, Bray wants Cena well, to sacrifice Bray. Yes, and when Bray is, like, doing his, like, like kneeling, doing his in-ring psychology stuff, which, by the way, shades of Jake the Snake. That's what I... My note is Jake the Snake meets Paul Bearer. Yeah. Definitely. That's all he does, which um, is not a bad idea. Yeah, and I mean... I mean, let's go through the list. I mean, it's just... What is uh, the biggest guy in the... What's the Ambrose? He's just Piper meets who? Awesome. There you go. Done. That's, yeah. Here's your character. Right. Just do two cool things that work. Cool things and then pull it off. Um, yeah, and it is... Cena has the chance to do the steps, but he won't be a monster. He puts them down. And, and But Bray is doing this weird stuff that we don't see... We've never seen anyone do this. No. Stuff. He, at one point, is cradling... As he's like knocked out and he's cradling his head and singing, he's got the whole world in his head. So good. Yeah. Um, Harp, Harper, Luke Harper, gets involved um, and he gets tackled through the timekeeper's area for his trouble. Um, you know, and, and this is when Bray, like for the final act, kind of, he, he gives Cena the chair and does the same speech he gave at the myth. Like, he's, they keep upping the stakes of, like, will be, this be the time you, you turn to the dark side? Um, did you hear the ref in this? No. The ref, like, gets picked up on Mike. He's got Cena's got the chair. He's like John. Oh, it's yeah, not yeah, who yeah. you are. Don't do this. <laughs> Which is great that the ref is appealing to like it's pathos. So, this is one of those times like I'm really glad Lawler's calling it because at multiple points during the match he's like I don't know what's what's going on. Like why is he doing it? I don't know if that was like scripted or he genuinely right. doesn't understand the storyline of Bray Wyatt. I think he's he's savvier than that, but he does play. He does speak for and to a large part of the audience. Do, what do you think is a worse call, um, Michael Cole, <laughs> not understanding when the Undertaker hung uh, a cop in the ring that that wasn't a metaphor, right? Or not understanding that this is a metaphor. Uh, the the first one, okay, the dead cop one, Hall of Hall Fame, of Fame of- dead cop. 
big boss man. Yeah, so uh, this finishes as it has to. Do you think they're going to lower him down from the noose? I know he's dead, but like lower someone from his family down from the noose yeah, for the that Hall seems, of Fame. Yeah, that seems practical. It's it's wrestling. Come on. Yeah. And it's a wrestling Hall if, of Fame that doesn't Owen exist. What if Owen also goes in the Hall of Fame and they drop someone from a noose? No, because then they have to rise him. Well, to heaven. But no, yeah, because... No, 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 no. So Owen goes first, they drop someone, and then Big Bossman gets pulled up. No, no, Big Bossman's already in the rafters. They need to drop him. See what so I mean? Confusing. This is, I mean, this is why we don't do this for a living. <laughs> uh, Sister Abigail attempt into an attitude adjustment for the win. John Cena sells it. He sells it as like that took a lot out of me. I'm shocked that I won because I thought I was going to be a monster. Cena loves his dad and the children so much. Yes, and he does get to say hello to all of them. Stay true to yourself, kids. Yeah. My postscript on this uh, is that this is actually unlike most feuds where the WrestleMania. I'd say is usually the culmination of a feud. There might be one more blow off. We've seen that before. JBL, uh, Cena, a lot of Cena ones, I guess, where Cena has to win, but they'd rather have a better match somewhere else. In this, they had this is the first of three matches. They had a cage match where a child sang in a demonic, like exorcist voice at Cena and caused him to lose. And then they had a really good last man standing match. That's cool. So they had a good they had a good story, and then Bray get buried. Eh, fuck it. So uh, then we cut to our Hall of Fame. You know what? Did Bray get buried or like, dude, come up with something that has legs? Everyone getting buried. Fuck that. No, it's not everyone. I think I think they had they've had multiple stories over the last year that they if they had the commitment to it, they could have made it into something. If the Kane thing, like the Kane and Undertaker stuff, if you, why not give them the win on some third rate pay per view? Just give them the win and let them build off that. And they did it every sure. time. They kept getting their balls cut off. Uh, so. We cut to our Hall of Fame, which is a pretty good class this year. We've got Jake the Snake. we got Lita and her uh, full sleeves of tattoos. Uh, Paul Bearer, rest in peace. Whose kids are obviously his kids. Yeah. One of them already died. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy shit. What it, happened? Oh, uh, he's a fat piece of shit. He died. But he was like, what, 30? Yeah. He's very, he's oh, there. no. Yeah. The Undertaker, like, these things are generally not kayfabe, yet the Undertaker comes out in kayfabe with, and does the tribute with the lightning. Which is great. It's great because he still has his ex. Is it ex-wife or current wife tattooed across his He's neck? He's chained it into like. <laughs> Piece like of a, shit. Yeah. Uh, Mr. T, who oh went boy. over, if you've ever watched this thing. I never watched it. I I've just heard seen about it before. This. But Mr. T goes over and Kane has to come get him. Uh, Carlos Colon. Uh, Razor Ramon. who gets He goes in the Hall of Fame as Razor Ramon. Even though he wrestled in this company as Scott Hall. Uh so the whole click is there, which you would have hated. I would have hated it. Um, Fuck all of you people. And uh, uh, the warrior. Yeah. So can we? I mean, I don't know how, if we've mentioned this on the podcast that warrior gets inducted on Saturday. He goes on Raw on Monday. He goes. Well, he's at the Hall of Fame. He's at WrestleMania. That's right. He's, he's the headline. He come. He, they show him at on Sunday. He makes a. He does a promo on Monday, and dead on Tuesday. One of the best promos of all time. Yeah. I watched that live on accident. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, we had cable at the time, and it was, and I think, like, War- Warrior was in the description. And I think I even told my wife, like, this was my guy, like, growing up. I was right. like, I want to see his segment. And I, like, happened to watch it. Yeah. I was like, that was weird and amazing. You should probably put in, like, a couple a couple lines. Maybe the, the heart pumping veins thing. No, fuck it. Like, we'll just run the, here's the Warrior promo from the Raw following WrestleMania 30. Speak to me, warrior! 
As I thought about what I was going to say this evening, it's been hard for me to find the words. That's oh. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. Shut up, Boyer, and let me do the talking. <laughs> no WWE talent becomes a legend on their own. Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and makes them bleed deeper in something than larger than life, then his essence, his spirit, will be immortalized by the storytellers, by the loyalty, by the memory of those who honor him and make the running the man did live forever. You! You, 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 you are the legend makers of Ultimate Warrior. In the back, I see many potential legends, some of them with warrior spirits, and you will do the same for them. You will decide if they lived with the passion and intensity, so much so that you will tell your stories and you will make them legends as well. I am Ultimate Warrior. You are the Ultimate Warrior fans. And the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever. Yeah. And now he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. And <laughs> he fucking died. And the Warrior family is, is still alive with the last name Warrior. So the Warrior's been a big part of my life, um, especially in college. So I went to school at DePaul University in Chicago, Illinois, and Warrior gave a speech there because he was touring college campuses. And it wasn't your classic, like, you should reach for the stars. Or uh, I know I'm on a liberal campus in a major city. I shouldn't say a horrible shit about gay people. Yeah. Not Warrior. Warrior's a fucking piece of shit and was a crazy dude and said horrible things about gay people. So fuck the warrior. That being said, the warrior cut the best promo of all time demanding Hulk Hogan cause 9-11. So since college, I've been writing about and speaking about the ultimate warrior at length because no one believes it. Because yeah. the fact that a lot of people legit thought he was dead and that the second warrior wasn't the first warrior makes it even better. That is the greatest wrestling um urban legend oh yeah you know and then to to go out the way he did where it's almost like yeah if you were kayfabe writing how someone would die they would cut a really good promo on raw after they went to the hall of fame at wrestlemania 30 and then they died just and that in in a way it's interesting because like we'll get to this at the end of the thing my major point on this this wrestlemania um but the whole thing of like the stories don't end 
it was actually like even though he didn't wrestle, he hadn't wrestled in twenty years or whatever, and he didn't. He never he never was the star. They I thought think he was you might be. be exactly right because wasn't it at WrestleMania ten in the Garden where he faced off against Triple H for the first time, first and only, first Mania. and only, and, and then was out. Yeah, and then he did a little bit in WCW. He's mostly done, and then mostly doing speaking tours. Yeah, where he got to be a horrible person. But as far as a wrestling story, like this is the this is like the the wrestler of the movie. Like this is the story, like the happiest ending, where he gets that moment of glory that he wanted. But is that why thirty is so satisfying? Because there's two legit, conclusive endings. Yeah, I think that really makes it a lot better because we're not wondering if Warriors is going to show up at this mania. Right, that it, would be really impressive. And if they could do that, they deserve <laughs> the Cowboys record. You know, what's so fucked up is that Dana Warrior still uses the Ultimate Warriors Twitter account. That's weird. So, like, when they had, like, the Thank You Daniel Bryan stuff, and they would, like, show all the tweets on Raw, like, one of them was from Warrior. It's like, oh, you're fucking dead! (laughs) Were you reading his voice? (laughs) Thank you, Daniel Bryan. (laughs) Fucking piece of shit. I cannot make it so... Okay, so my good friend Stephanie Haas bought me an Ultimate Warrior pin because he's my guy, and I realized, like, I can only wear this if I'm going to talk about how he's a piece of shit and then proceed to take it off. Yeah. He was a horrible human being. Him and Hulk Hogan deserved each other. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they're both currently fighting in heaven right now. You know, this doesn't go up till Monday. Hogan <laughs> can end it. You still have a chance. So, so speaking of death. Yes. So this is uh, this is the death match. Um, this is Undertaker versus Lesnar. Uh, the streak versus the beast. Um, the promo here, first of all, they totally... F- fuck this up in the run-up to Mania. This is the times in the last few years where Undertaker doesn't show up. You have to do this work on your own. CM Punk did it excellently. He did. I mean, he had a little... Undertaker showed up a couple times, but he did a lot of he it. He didn't need it, though. I mean, Punk did it. Punk is the only guy... I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in the company that could have done it as well at that time. I yeah. don't think so. No, I think Bray did the best he could with having no Taker. No, you don't care yeah. as much. I mean, the dead, the dead manager the dead, is pretty I mean, that, perfect. What was the? That was just lucky that he had that. It's pretty lucky. But to be fair, like I didn't watch the. I don't think he showed up following nineteen into twenty either. Yeah, he's taken some time. But this remember one, that was the WrestleMania where there was just like a black figure versus Kane. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is like, it going to be him? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Um, the promo that they show in this package, it's so nineties from Heyman. Did you did you see that? Like it's it's Heyman on like a but black like in background. HD. Yeah, which so. Heyman should not be in HD. That but, being said, Heyman did a good job. Oh yeah, but it looks like a it looks like the Dennis Leary on MTV stuff in the nineties. That's what that is. That's what that shit. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he's you just nailed like, it. Yeah. He's yelling at the camera and setting yeah, up yeah. eat sleep conquer repeat, and just kind of they're doing the quick cuts. But in a weird way, it's better than just a voiceover. Oh, no. It totally works. And Heyman's the only guy who can... I mean, Heyman's, like, he's known because of no, the No, I disagree. Vince McMahon could pull that off. Hell, Stephanie could pull that off. Sure. I think I think Heyman with Lesnar is such a great contrast. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. They be, they're they the best pairing right now in wrestling. Because uh, the New Day doesn't count as a pair. Right. So, yeah. So, tripling. So, uh, Undertaker's entrance here, I, I like it. Like, it's the right brand of, like, listen, you can't Could be like, you hear my eye roll? Yes, but the problem is he's an undead wizard, and you got to, <laughs> if you're going to embrace it, like, go all Do out. you understand why I'm, I'm right rolling? So, one of the things that they do that I thought was just for the video, but it's in the actual, <laughs> it's actual Silverdome. Yeah. Which is inappropriate for two reasons. 
they show they have the coffins. Yeah, no, that every previous opponent, and they quickly pass over CM Punk because he's no he's oh, not with the company that's right funny. now. They quick and also. Didn't Katrina? Wasn't this used in Katrina for like? Didn't all those coffins wash up in New Orleans? Yeah, Island? exactly. Yeah. No, but specifically, didn't people die in this building in two thousand five? No, I think so. I think a few people actually died. Was it Superdome, or did, was it people? No, in, it was Superdome because Superdome was. Well, then I'm sorry, no, to, this no, sorry, the New Orleans Silverdome was clearly <laughs> no. Yeah, I, yeah, this is like they there was like the sexual assault stuff that came yeah. out. And, no, I know people went there, but wasn't there also stuff? I want. I mean, I know obviously it's not it, there in Houston. I think they, it was it was Astrodome. I thought it was okay. I thought it was this one. Yeah, that would either be, way. That I would, wouldn't associate coffins in New Orleans by choice if I'm sure, the WWE. Sure, hell, even if I'm the Undertaker, because you know what? A, the majority of Undertaker matches and entrances don't have coffins. You don't need to do that. Right. You've you've no, put yeah. him on a fucking hoverboard. You've this done. Is, yeah, it's it's the optics aren't great. It's bad. Yeah, and also like you said, it looks like it's it's. It's dated poorly. Yeah, no, and I think it's just like cheesy. I think the the cheese factor and how corny and like cartoonish it is is the only thing. Especially because considering it. who you're facing, if this was like Jericho Undertaker, you'd be like, "That's fine." Right, but the, having Lesnar brings a, an element of reality to it, and that's what makes it amazing. Yes. Um, so the I entry- wrote a piece about this recently, um, and this goes back to you and like why we've agreed that like, oh yeah, Taker's the best because he's death. He represents death. Right. God can't defeat death. We've already learned that with Shawn Michaels. The devil will defeat God occasionally. You right. could be evil. But if the guy but if the thing that you're fighting <laughs> doesn't have things like good and evil and is a beast, oh, you could lose. That's what makes this story so fun. Right. This is where we've we've, you know, we're killing Kayfabe. <laughs> yeah. Um Speaking of killing Kayfabe, this is Lesnar Undertaker. Yes. Lesnar MMA champion at right. one point. And Taker was a huge MMA fan. Have you? Were oh, you the, the one that showdown? sent me the YouTube clip of I like? I've shown it, showed it to you originally, but yeah, it's amazing. Where they had a face off, a kind of work shoot face off. Like, you want to do this? It's like, uh, who's crazy here? Is yeah. this a joke? Like, work shoot, man. It's fucking crazy. So we have, I mean, like you said, we have Brock, a, a UFC champion, a few years prior, and you have Undertaker at forty nine years old. Um, Evil Kelsey Grammer in yeah. a singlet. <laughs> uh, stop being ridiculous. Uh, Shit, I just forgot it was Niles. Yeah, I <laughs> fucked up the joke. Okay, so the whole the, the reason this match doesn't work in the ring, other than the obvious reason he's a forty nine year old going against a UFC Who's like what, thirty six? Yeah. Seven at the time? Physical peak, right? Yeah, or close they're to close it. Close to it. The problem is six minutes in they're they're It took six minutes. What did? Okay, go ahead. So Sorry. six minutes in they're outside the match, outside the ring, and uh Undertaker kind of goes for a big boot and Lesnar uh, catches him and does this kind of like single leg slam, um, and Undertaker cussed himself on the mat outside. I thought it was the first F five. I thought it was like thirty seconds into the match. Oh no, concussed. I think it's a few minutes. I think it was the one outside where because he, he bounces head off the. If mat. you look at his face after the first F five, yeah. you're like, oh, this is over. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's what I've read. It could be earlier, and they were kind of saving face, but he's. Very much concussed in this match. Didn't know where he was. And Lesnar has to run the match, which you don't really... I mean, Undertakers would know how to pace it and do all that better. He, A, can't actually do the stuff because he's concussed and 49 and getting thrown around by a UFC champion. So there's just a lot that works against this match. Um, you know, I think they're the it's just really all in the ending of it, which is... You know, he goes to the tombstone, and it's reversed, and 
uh, Lesnar deadlifts him to F5, which we've seen him do before, um, except this time the streak is over. Hell yeah. And they cut to the crowd. There is legit disbelief. So good. That hands on head, like they found 20 people, mouth agape, hands on head. Like people actually left. There yeah. were people who left because it's just, it was so shocking. And it was kind of, it got bolster chance because it was like the match didn't feel like, I mean, the, the, that was the ending. It had nothing to do with the concussion. The ending was that. I don't think it was Undertaker's idea to give it to Lesnar at this point, but he went, he was who fine else with it. Who was going to give it to? No, he was fine with it. But you know, the commentary sells it by they shut up. The crowd at this point, I RIP crowd because they are totally out for Did, a little while. Is this the most gift crowd in wrestling in wrestling history? Sure, because they're all shock face. Yeah, um, the whole thing with this, I, 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 you know, the Punk thing where they weren't going to get no matter how good that was, they weren't going to give it to Punk. Um, you know, I start to I go back and forth on this. I think that with Lesnar, the thing that was fucked up here was like. Did Lesnar need to do this to be a beast? And I think the answer is no. I think you can you can write him as I'm just saying only because it just it doesn't. I don't think it gives him the rub they thought it did. I don't think that it's been as. I mean, Heyman's used it, but I don't think that anyone looks at Lesnar if he wins or loses and goes. One of oh, the yeah, things that we've talked about beast. is these things need to be believable, right? It's not believable last year that Triple H would beat Brock Lesnar in a real fight. Right, you can't do that two years in a row and Fair. expect it to mean anything. Yeah. I just there's just getting to this point. Maybe once the match has been made, this is the way it's got to go. But they didn't do themselves any favors, and now they've also written themselves like Lesnar's first run. He was also he wasn't UFC yet, but he was also pretty fucking unbelievable. Yes, and a physical freak. And I think they've written themselves into a point now where he can't win, he can't lose cleanly ever to anyone, which is fine. Right. Neither but, could Hogan. I'm not joking. Okay, like, no, use no. that logic. That's okay. Yeah. Right. Who's he supposed to face? Who's why should he lose? What's wrong with him, which is winning no, because, all the time? Because sometimes you'd like the suspension of disbelief that he goes up against someone who's of similar physical size that they, yeah. he could get outmaneuvered, that there's some or, strategy in or it. Or the person that he loses to cheats. Because that's right. how wrestling it's fine. I know. But they've backed I think they've like there's some storyline. I understand here. what you're saying. But for a part-time guy, he should be able to beat the Undertaker streak. Oh, that's yeah, and that's the thing. It's not the streak. It's just I think the idea was that somebody should have gotten the rub. He should have beaten Triple H the year previous, and I think maybe then you'd be okay with this happening. Yeah, yeah, because if he's if he's legend killing, you know, I could see that. I think you know it just this is the way it works sometimes. I mean, I think if if Lesnar never faces Undertaker again. It's fine. Like they apparently in the run up to this, they didn't even mention their all their previous battles and stuff. Like they did this year when they fought again, they only mentioned the one time, and it really doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, if they had, if you're looking at it, going, this is to end the streak. I I think Bray beating a 49 year old Undertaker is believable, and I think 50 at the time. Well, no, I mean Bray if they had done it at 30. Oh, okay. If Lesnar never happens with Taker, I think Bray. Um, you know, Bray Undertaker was a great opportunity for them to go. A real passing of the torch, passing of this like death and gimmick. I see your point. Yeah. So I and I once they once Lesnar beat him and he had to get his win back. Then he, he spoiler it for thirty one. He's going to beat Bray. But anyway, it's all fantasy booking. It's all in the past. But I just think there's some of the something with this as feels, opposed to our other talk of real booking. No, no. It's as far as this. There's something unsatisfying about it. Um, I disagree completely. Okay. Um, I he had the win. It does matter. And like I mentioned the reality thing before, 
if you do this, now you have two almost worthless assets. You have one guy that you can maybe use once a year to inevitably win when he shouldn't, and a guy that like was your legitimate sports guy that is no longer legitimate. Sure, and I get so, that. Once the match is booked, it has to go this way. And who else? Is, who else do you put these guys against? Do you have a rematch, rematch of Triple H? Brock? Honestly, you, you switch. Who cares? If you if they had done uh, Batista no, Brock, no. if they had done Cena, you just flip it. Cena Lesnar, which we did end up having at SummerSlam that year, and it was good, and it made Cena. I mean, was he, it, no, it wasn't that the triple threat match with Cena. No, that was. I mean, I didn't mean Sam Patriots. Like, no, because like SummerSlam, <laughs> no classic wrestling voice. <laughs> yes, excuse me. Um, at SummerSlam 2014. Lesnar was even more of a beast because he he suplexed Cena 13 times and beat the shit out of him. The Rumble one is 2015 where he also beat the shit out of Cena. But like so they did a Cena Lesnar program anyway, you know? Anyway, that's where I'm at with it, which is just, just once it's booked, yeah, you got to end it this way, but because the match is so bad because he's concussed and not, obviously not at the physical level. I like I like it yeah. more that he not I don't want a man to get concussed, but yeah. it's more believable. Right. Then, yeah. And then that's you. That's the, the other thing, thing that gave the rematch legitimacy, right? But that's the other thing too. And we'll get to those. If, you know, get to the last match ever, which is that with this, with stories not ending, the Undertaker, by all count, like he's like he. There was a perfect opportunity, the Triple H one in the cage with the end of an era, with the three of them walking off into the sunset. There's a end of your story, but he does like a few more, and he got good stories out of him, and this is a good story. Um this would have been a, if he's if the streak ends and he goes out on his back and he puts over Lesnar as a guy and that's the end of the Undertaker, that'd be fine. But I think it's even less satisfying knowing he comes back, has a decent WrestleMania match, a three star match where this is like a two star just because it wasn't in ring. It's just shit. And then he's had all yeah, these and other. Ring, it's just like here's a younger man destroying an older man. Right, right. But it's. It becomes not entertaining. It's like he's dead. He's already dead. Like it doesn't. And and I think and then having all this continued feud and these kind of fuck finishes with Lesnar for what, you know, to face to face Shane McMahon at thir- with which will be fine on a different level. But it does feel like that if that's the postscript that that's the last few manias of his career. I mean that's like every most guys have gone out, which is wait you know doing stuff past their prime and all that. Yeah, he should have lost a punk, and this shouldn't have happened. Yeah, or he should have lost this and retired. No, I should have lost to Punk. Because you, way, I you just built me. a guy up for 15 months and then have him lose to an old man. No, no. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of opportunities. I just think that the not way have... this ended, the have the last couple years of Undertaker, has been that's been the disappointing part. But anyway, for some more disappointment, we go to our Divas match. Oh, this is so disappointing. The, the crowd is booing. They're still dead. They're, they're not even booing. They're just fucking nothing. I had booze in my notes. For I don't have anything. Oh. So it's AJ Lee, Oksana, Alicia Fox, Brie Bella, Cameron, Emma, Eva Marie, Layla, Naomi. Is Layla the one in the mask? I don't know. There's like a cool mask. She takes it off, I think. Oh, I had I kind like paying a, attention. It was cool. Naomi, Natalia, Nikki Bella, Rosa Mendez, Summer Rae, Tamina Snuka. So there's 14 of them. This is 2014. Only a couple of them can wrestle. We were out of the Playboy era. Mm, I'd say more than half. I think some of them... AJ Lee. AJ's great. Fox. Emma and Summer Rae had two really great spots, and neither of them were called. Yeah, I think I think they've gotten... Layla's good. Oksana's got... good. Tamina's super kick is great. 
Brie gets a really cool head drop, like a good so, drop kick Tam- on Tamina. I've never seen Tam- Tamina do anything. Tamina did two good things in this. She took yeah. a, she took a, a move from Brie that was awesome, and then she her super kick was great. Okay, I feel like a few of the I, I feel like the ones in that you're mentioning have actually gotten better in the last couple of years, so that's good. I feel like at this point, this this match is still like this uh, is painful. one of the only times where I had to cringe. And I don't think I had to cringe at all during 31 except yeah. during the concert, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I had to cringe just during the intros because obviously AJ's character, she is, is shit. Mm-hmm. The I'm a crazy girl. Stupid. She's yeah. a really great performer and this is bullshit. The posters are atrocious. It's 2014. Right. There's an AJ made me come here posters, come spelled C-U-M, and there's a puppies poster. Yeah. I mean, I have to say at least we don't get too much. I think that like King gives. Oh, the- but, oh Vicky Guerrero is there too. Right. Which I'm fine with her That's collecting fine. a check. That's good. Good yeah, for yeah. you. But to still excuse me, we're really. I know. That's like a 10-year-old God gag at this point. It. Uh Eddie's 10 years dead at this point. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the AJ ends up tapping out Naomi. It's kind of weird. It's like they set it up like a battle royale, but it's still a pinfall match. Which, in theory, this should be over in like a second. It should be yeah. a whole swerve to get oh, the belt yeah, yeah. off of AJ. That's right. why you do this, other than to get people checks, which is good. Yeah. I'm glad. There's obviously a CM Punk chant. Right, which that you know would dog her for the next year because at this point, as as you've seen, well, I'll get to it in the in the main match too because there's some of that there. But it's interesting to compare. This is how quick some of the stuff works. Like Hogan, 2014, top of the world, except for Silverdome, Superdome, and 2015. You know, uh, he was yeah, he was there. He's in he's in an event. He's in a match. Um, in a swerve and a schmozzy finish. Uh, 2016. Even with my with the Gawker stuff, I I mean I'm standing up for the bet. I didn't I forgot that the trial was ten dollars. Yeah, it's fine. I'll lose ten dollars, but Hogan won't be there probably. But he could be there twenty seventeen. Like it's just like that's the thing. Like they can they can change as they need to year to year, as if nothing has ever happened. Um, but to look at this match, that's still kind of cringeworthy in the audience reaction to it. Still not an A-plus product in the ring. This is the worst match of the night. It's seven minutes long. This is our last thing before that the main event. That being said, here's a quick note that I didn't think of until this. Mm-hmm. If you watch this entire Mania on mute, you might think that this was a good match. I think there are better spots in this match than, like, the Shield That's fine. Legend there, there, there might be. There's legit good stuff in this match. But mm-hmm. if you don't listen, if you'd listen to it, mm-hmm. the commentary is cringeworthy. Right. The opening of fucking Vicky Guerrero yelling, excuse me, is horrible. Right. The premise of why this is going on is horrible. Yeah. It doesn't need to exist. I'm glad it exists to show just how much a year can make a difference because there is a tag team match with against of the Bellas and AJ and Paige next year. Mm-hmm. P- compared to this, like a five-star match. Right. And this year we're probably going to get the best women's wrestling. We are going to get the best women's match. And I'm in still rest, in wrestling history. I'll go like I mean I think on no. the stage, yeah, on this stage, sure. No, I think on the combination of the stage and the stakes and the story they've told for the last six months of the Divas Revolution to actually have a triple threat. <laughs> you use that word like sincerely or that phrase. It's, I mean that's this period of their storytelling. Sure, sure, sure. You know we can. It's better than ruthless aggression, but to have Charlotte, Sasha, and, Take that back. and Becky in the ring at WrestleMania in not in a. It's not going to be a six minute piss break. They're smarter than that at this point, you know, and that's the thing that they've they've 100 percent right. That being said, um, what NXT is doing, I know I just sound like a fucking twerp right now, but like what NXT is doing with the women stuff. Right. Every fucking asshole smarky fan that I know prefers that as like the match of the year, the Iron Woman match. It was amazing. 
the the other one's better, but yeah. You think that the one at Royal Rumble, or sorry, at SummerSlam was better? Yes. Either yeah, way, not was, just because I was there. Fine, whatever. Yes. Like two of the top whatever matches of, of course, the year. Of course, but I think regardless of affiliation, gonna, I know we're gonna. I I think the stakes of it. I think that the WrestleMania momentness of it. I hope you're right. not gonna put it above it. Maybe storytelling and all that, but it is a good. They have told a really good story, and just to look at the two years, the the jump from thirty to thirty one, and then this huge jump from thirty to thirty two. It's likely. such a shame. And there's, there's going to be a second match, and it's not going to be a Playboy I match. I really hope. I mean, it's going to be the Total match. Divas match. It's going to have Lana I really involved. Who's, I don't fucking care. Which is you, fine. But the more the merrier. It's good for everyone. Oh yeah, no. And the fact that there could be two respectable Divas matches or women's matches on a card is pretty great. <sighs> there's going to be one great one and one one that's not going to. No one's going to be embarrassed. I think this match. You you like I, the spots more. I the saw, spots are pretty. I saw the moments. Rewatching on mute. No, no. I saw the moments where the wrestling's really awkward. Because no one knows what the fuck they're doing, and that's partially battle royale, and it's partially because you got a bunch, a couple models in there. I understand. But... I understand. That being said, do you ever do you watch this thinking like, man, it'd be great if AJ could face blank or if someone no, could face blank? Okay, yeah. You're she not was there yet. she. AJ is AJ is good for. She was good for the years that she was. Sure, she was like the only one that. And as the anti diva before Paige, like exactly, she's she worked in that way. Um, I. You know, I watch a lot of that stuff. I don't really get it with her. I don't, you know, I get the appeal, but I don't think the entering, I think she's been outclassed. Not I'm just, just like, asking. Yeah, I think Nikki in the last year has been better than, because, like, I'll, yeah. Nikki's out right now with a neck injury, so, and I, like I said, I haven't been watching it as much right. as you, so I don't know. Yeah. That being said, I'm glad it's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Sure. So, this segment, do you want to talk about this one? Um, I have two notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, three notes. Mean Gene definitely looks his age, and it's very sad. Yes. Um, a second note. Rowdy! Piper is there with his villain T-shirt. Right. Hell yeah, Rowdy. Yeah. And he's fucking awesome. He's got the line of the night. I know talking ain't your strong suit. He says that to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hell yeah, Rowdy. Um, no, this is just another way for some legends to collect a check. Yeah. That's it. Patterson um, walks through in a ref shirt. Yeah, no which reason. is weird. I had a real... Maybe it's is it because he sexually assaulted Piper? Definitely. It's a rib? <laughs> okay, I have one question about this segment. Okay. Is Hogan or whoever or the Rock or whoever when they're hosting doing stuff that's not on camera throughout the entire night or is it literally hello and then I'm backstage for 4 hours until this? I want to say the latter. That seems to make the most sense. Because it's... he's like you're doing a great job. You mean that I did one thing and I fucked it up yeah. 4 hours ago? I can't imagine there's anything else that he's doing. Like meat, what is he selling? Fucking popcorn? I don't think there's. I anything mean, else maybe, going on. maybe there's like a fucking giveaway. Well, what what do you think Hulk Hogan's doing? Taking his vitamins, saying his prayers, <laughs> filming a sex tape. I wouldn't call it filming. I think it was just more like a security camera footage. Fair enough. Did you know that Bubba the Love Sponge, like Warrior, changed his name legally to Bubba the Love Sponge? No. They have to say like the man formerly known as whatever Clem. Because he changed his name. <laughs> it's all connected, people. Uh, I used to be ashamed for liking the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. And the more we do this, and now that we're almost at the end, I'm still ashamed, but not nearly as ashamed as I'd be if I was a genuine Hogan fan. Which there still are. You could like, like, Hogan didn't do the nearly the amount of charity work as John Cena. No, of course not. Where's the Where's the money, brother? No, he doesn't fucking, do fucking charity work. Fucking piece of sh- what a controversial statement! Yeah, you're really going on a limb there. <laughs> 2016, right. Hulk Hogan still a piece of shit. Okay, so um, my first note about the main event is ew. 
because they got the band that plays Orton theme song. Rev Theory. And I didn't realize it was Rev Theory. Rev Theory looks exactly how I thought they'd look. That's, yeah. Ew. I just have LOL in my notes because it's so funny that this butt rock band is here to play. Which is great because theme. usually, not usually, but if you have a band, you're mm-hmm. probably going to win. Yeah, that, uh, we'll see if that happens. It doesn't. Um, they also don't really have special entrances. I mean, I guess there's some pyro on Batista. Well, the ba- is the there band. pyro? The band is a big deal. I, I didn't think like... they had the pyro because of the band being on stage. Yeah, it makes sense. You don't want to blow up Rev Theory. Batista uh, at this time is very part-time. Yes, yeah, so they brought him back, and he won the Royal Rumble this year. And, you know, the last guy in the ring who they really wanted to win the Royal Rumble? Roman Reigns. 2014, he eliminated, he set a record. He eliminated the other guys in the Shield. He eliminated like 11 guys. Um, but uh, Batista came in, and his this run, he didn't like the creative, and he was like, yeah, I shouldn't be in that. Like, this should be Brian. Like, he's a smarter guy as far as the business. Like, he knew what he had to come back as, and they, they didn't. So at first, it was going to be uh, legit Batista Norton for the belt, which no one gives a shit about. So, and and that plays out in this match when they're, you know, Brian has the storyline injury. injury. He also wrestled a 26-minute match early in the night. and Yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah. Um, I know it's, it's weird to cite an MTV-like sponsored book. Okay. But like he writes in his book, this is so... I fucking, I'm an adult, man. Uh, I'm smarter than everyone listening. Um, he's done this multiple times in his career. Yeah. 60-minute matches are nothing... Especially on this level, the safety involved in a WWE match is way higher than an indie match. Than anything he'd be doing, yeah. So it's like, yeah, this yeah, is fine. The only thing I would say is, you, you know. You mean that thing I love more than anything else that I commit in my life to? Fine to? I'll do two. He'll be fine to do it. I, I don't think he's legit hurt or winded or anything. I just think they're, they are selling it. Also, at this point, he has had some of the issues that force him to retire eventually. In an earlier match in the run-up to this with Orton, that's the one he got the stinger. And he yelled at Triple H for calling the, like, them stopping the match when he couldn't feel his arms anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a crazy person. That's in Hogan's book, by the way. I'm, I just, I'm reading Hulk Hogan's book. <laughs> like on the bus? Jesus, he looks like a monster. <laughs> but in a three-piece suit. The, uh, these, the triple threats, like we've seen, they, they are, there are some of these tropes where one guy gets eliminated because you can't do nonstop. This isn't an indie match. You're not going to have nonstop three-person spots all night. You got to go through the phases of the match. So, because he's story, he's kayfabe beat up. Brian is get gets tossed early, and it's Batista versus Orton. Um, you know, and the crowd is dead unless Brian's involved, or until Triple H and Steph get involved because they are heat magnets. Um, when do they come down? About halfway through, or towards yeah, the end? I think it's I think about it's, halfway. I think it's actually there's close a, to there, the end. Okay, there's a couple choke, choke points, I guess. I wasn't doing that just yeah. to like prove you wrong. I'm, oh, I'm I just, know. I'm trying to think of how long they were there. I mean, it was so well done. Right. And even the ending is sort of surprising. Yeah, I, I just have them coming out earlier than a lot of the big spots. So I mean, that could I be thought they were to... sort of referencing Montreal Screwjob or when they do because they have a crooked ref. Yeah, which they've already screwed uh, him out of the belt one time with, mm-hmm. where he won once he got so he won the belt at SummerSlam against Cena, and then Triple H pedigreed him and Orton cashed in. He won the belt back a month later, but the next night they revealed that the ref did a fast count. And so they overturned it. So they screwed him a couple times, kayfabe, in the way. Um, at one point, Brian does a suicide dive. He takes out Triple H, Stephanie, and the ref, which gets hella yes chance because everyone loves when Stephanie gets hit. 
Um, at that, his wife getting hit, Triple H is livid and he gets, uh, what else, his sledgehammer. Um, but Daniel Bryan reverses and hits Triple H with it. So I think they actually come down early, but then they're eliminated pretty quick because maybe that's it. Orton and Batista, so that first phase is like Bryan's out of it. Second phase is Bryan's get gets screwed. Third phase, Orton and Batista decide to team up on Daniel Bryan. Um, this is the point of the night we get our second CM Punk chance because at this point, He's still technically in the company. Yes, he's not been fired yet. His last match uh, was Royal Rumble of of 2014, uh, and and then he walked out, but nobody was talking about what was happening. Heyman cut a promo on him, but about like walking out, he did like the cross-legged, like he did a callback to the pipe bomb, but they were kind of still teasing it. They didn't, I don't think they actually knew, and I don't think anybody knew that it was, they were done, done at this point. They're still, he's just not like, They've had this happen before. They've had it happen with with Warrior. They've had you know it, it's not uncut. They've had it happen with Austin. So at this point, it's just he's just not working, and they're going to figure it out. Um, so at this point, yeah, in storyline, it would have been kayfabe like that would have been a huge. Like, can you imagine he's getting double teamed and called to personality hits? I mean, that would have that would have been like a huge WrestleMania moment because they they had teamed up together. You know they have the storyline and the two of them, the where they are in the the wrestling fan, like they are the the exact opposite. It's like Beatles Stones, like you could like both, but you probably don't. And they're from the same town, and they're like from the same kind of areas. They're from the same town. Same I, I the Beatles and Stones idea oh, okay. of London in that sure. time. I thought you were talking about yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but like they're from the same indies. They've had a lot of shared sure. experience. One got a lot bigger than the other, mm-hmm. but this guy is going to, in theory, last a lot longer than the other. Right. Yeah. Classic Beatles Stones comparison of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. I don't even think it's that. I just I, I see them versus Batista and Orton and what oh, they of represent. Course, of course. So I mean, you course. get you like for the for fans there that are they are the, the vocal fans. That would be been a huge moment. Um, instead of CM Punk coming back then or for the foreseeable future, Daniel Bryan gets Batista bombed into an RKO through a table. Yeah, uh, that's when the CM Punk chants give way to holy shit chants. That and was painful. I, I I don't know. I think it's Lawler. He's got a great comment. Like I think that was Batista's idea because the other two guys look hurt. Uh, yeah, they. You know when they clear the monitors, someone some Jamoke put the monitor under the table, and uh, Orton cuts his back open on it because he lands straight on the mon the edge of the monitor, kind of like what Sting did with um with uh, Rollins. One of the spots, yeah. So Orton's Orton's cut the hard way. Um, Do you think Vince find him? Yeah, should have moved that, Randy. Um, so Daniel Bryan, they they come out and put him on a stretcher. They keep selling. Oh, we don't think he's moved. So as soon as the stretcher's involved, you know he'll be coming back shortly. He's gonna win. Yes, which he which he does. Uh, that's what I just I have. He obviously returns and wins. So. He gets the WrestleMania moment. He's doing the yes chance with the belts in the ring on the announce table, gets the huge fireworks, get the, hugs the family, has his like sister and niece in the ring and all that. Um, they cut to Connor in the audience. Oh, it's perfect. Peace. No, yeah. it's perfect. No, I mean, he died like three weeks later. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, which, he's a make-a-wish which, child. Which Connor was a make-a-wish child. Um, the You know what I found out? I, I realized, I, I think I've referenced this before, but there's a, a, a tweet that Stephanie did where she was quoting Biz Stone saying philanthropy is the future marketing it's the way brands are going to win uh, she tweeted that the same day that they gave Connor the warrior award hell yeah so yeah they are cynical and gross uh, Connor was a make-a-wish kid who Dana Bryan you know had befriended and and last year's 2015's Hall of Fame 
he did a very touching speech about it and it's about how that's that's real life that's the yeah. real stuff to matter that's why like, we're doing this yes. at the end of the day this is for kids that's why legit I like John Cena. Yeah, John, he gives the best John Cena speech is what he did. Yeah, he does. And, and I, I think Brian, you can inherently believe. Like, Cena, you get it, but Brian is so much more relatable as a human. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, like, anything he says and his emotion, I mean, John Cena is still the prototype. He's still the cyborg. You know, also, like I, I don't think John Cena would say, uh, re- like, what we do isn't real. He, yeah, he's, he's he, too on mess. Daniel Bryan said that at the Hall of Fame at the, the night before the biggest event of the year. Yeah. This is for children. Right. This is bullshit. Yeah. So it's a great storybook ending, but like we've gone into, these stories don't end. So, you know, as we'll see in next year's Mania, and, and that's and that's pretty much it for, for Dan O'Brien, is the fact that that story is the the perfect story for this era, this re- the reality era, his rise, his the screw job, like how it plays out, the montage they show of his career, of his rise, and then the screw job, and then the Occupy Raw, and then winning the belts, Winning two matches at Mania, which hadn't been done since since Hart at nine, uh, not nine ten. Damn, I think it's ten. No, no he loses no, at no. ten. Yeah, so he it's... loses against Owen, and then he wins later. No, he wins against Owen because he gets doesn't. No, he? Owen. I thought Owen wins. No, he wins that. You have to win that to get your next one. Yeah. No. Okay. No, it's brother versus brother. I don't think he wins twice. Okay. Well, we'll look it up. Uh, Someone's really upset right now. Yeah, like wrestling fans. I can't, man. This is all a blur. We've done 30 of these. But that's a big one. We talked about how Owen won, and he still got, like, the spit on his cheek afterwards. Sure. So, but this you is... You have to talk if I'm looking up well, WrestleMania 10. Both. I can talk. No, you can't. So, what ends up happening is, like, because the story doesn't end... <laughs> you can't talk because you're looking at your fucking I'm not phone. looking. I'm trying to formulate the thought of how I feel about Daniel Bryan's career. <laughs> this is a great story. This ends perfectly. The underdog wins the belts. Except in real life, the underdog has serious post-concussion syndrome. He has to, and loses feeling in his arm, and he has to give up the belt in a couple months. Uh, finally makes his comeback to fate, to have one last little mini-feud, win one more belt, the lesser belt, in a great match at WrestleMania 31. Yes. And then, uh, again, have to give up the belt because of concussion and injury issues. And then before this mania, and like totally... You know, he had a good week where we were talking about him, but now we're in WrestleMania. Like, Daniel Bryan, that story's done. He's retired. That's the thing. In in our little world that we talked about, our four different, like, views of wrestling, mm-hmm. he's done one of the four worlds. He is not yeah. done in the other three. No. And that's what makes this exciting to watch. By the way, yeah. Owen fucking won. Okay. <laughs> done. Um, I think it might have been, like, fucking four when they had the tournament. When the winner had to win. No, it's it's like what is the one where there's two and it was Luger lost his match against like. Oh, at Caesar's Palace. That's the one I'm thinking of. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, the the awesome oh, the. Uh, well, no, because that's oh, that's another sad story. Yeah. Um, the reason why it's like oh, it's sad that he had to retire. Nope, it's really good that he had to retire. It's really good mm-hmm. that he just did it because he could have gone to TNA. Right. He could have gone anywhere. He was at the time top five for sure. No, no, with Sands or Butts, top five right. wrestlers, top five high, could have been top five highest paid and did the right thing. And it's great. Mm-hmm. He should, he retired a little bit too late, but far, but like he'll probably not murder his family. No, he'll probably yeah. not die earlier. He's going to have, yeah. Because maybe he will. 
maybe the damage has already been done, but like, why make it even worse? It's pointless. Right. And can't I can't watch certain things if I know it's super bad for you. Could you enjoy McDonald's the more you find out about McDonald's or something like that? No, no, of course. And you know exactly. that when you see him getting dropped his head, it's tough not to go. That's gonna. Bree is going to be Benoit's wife. Like, yeah, it's tough and to see that. Exactly. And, like, this is dangerous for And that's everybody. why, like, Cena, I want your bullshit moves that doesn't hurt anybody. Right. Protect your head, no pun intended. That's yeah. all this is about. If you just listen to word, the thug, basic thugonomics, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I quit.